So in this podcast, we connected pretty deeply and um, we spoke about a lot of things that I feel aren't really common topics. So I encourage you just keep an open mind and just letting you know there are some long pauses in between conversations and that is because I wanted to keep it as raw as possible and sometimes there were no words that need to be said so Esther and I were just doing a bit of soul gazing but um, we get there in the end. Enjoy the podcast. Hello guys, today I am joined by my good friend Esther who is an embodied empath who does relationship and intimacy coaching and we've been spending some time together over the last uh, month or so and um, it's been really interesting for me and uh, something very, very new. So I just thought we would do a podcast today just to talk about things that don't usually get talked about and things that are maybe shameful, people try to hide, these parts of ourselves that we don't want to acknowledge. Um, Esther, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, well, by embodied empath, I mean that when I put my hands on someone's body, that I'm able to feel where they're feeling congestion or um, tightness, emotional pain. And and I, it's a very accurate, specific, um, targeted way of touch that enables that to be felt and then released. Um, I experienced that about 12 years ago doing a spiritual healer's retreat in the desert and it became clear to me that I could feel what was going on in other people's bodies when I touched them and sometimes when I don't touch them as well. Um, the other thing that I'm very, very interested in as well is energy work, um, which ties into the relationship and intimacy coaching. Uh, I'm training at the moment with the relationship and intimacy coaching. I'm a counsellor. Um, have a counselling background and I'm really really interested in the energetics that play in our bodies um, in the background that a lot of people don't feel <clears throat> because the structure of our bodies oh you can hear my voice <laughs> I'm gonna take a drink that's all good yeah just speak like like normally you don't mm. worry about anything yeah no thanks but I can hear that that's an example a perfect example and something to actually roll with that I don't often speak about what I'm speaking about. I'm so incredibly passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And so then the throat itself has to actually find a way to accommodate that new energy that's coming through it. And then you get the husky voice, the raveling. These are all signs of places where the body is opening itself into new energies that relate more to our souls, to our essential nature. So I don't often get a chance to talk about it and I'm really touched to be able to do that. And, and there's an example. And rather than, like in, in a, when you hear a lot of people doing presenting, you might notice that they, we often get the impression that people need to be, have a really clear kind of perfect persona mm -hmm. but it's in the it's in, it's in the imperfection where the beauty is found and that's what I'm really most interested in and that then comes down to energy energy itself moves the body 
Because when I met you, I didn't actually know what you were doing. But I remember when I had a session about a month and a half ago, I was feeling at the start very, very tired during my session. I actually fell asleep. And then I felt mm. very uh, uncomfortable. And it was a feeling that usually I would just turn my back on and get out of that feeling as fast as possible because it just like doesn't feel comfortable to me. Mm. And I remember like, instead of that, I went into it and I just told, told you exactly what I was feeling. And your space that you held and created there, it allowed me to like soften and let the energy flow. We're, talk, we're speaking about energy now. It felt like there was energy building up, but I had nowhere to go. And the more I tried to go away from it, I became more uncomfortable. But then when I let go of expectations, let go of feeling shameful or feeling full about myself, it became just like peaceful. And it was like this huge weight lifted off my chest. And it was really the first time that I started feeling like, and actually acknowledging that there is an energy outside of what's physical. Wow. That's a beautiful description. In actual fact, I, we, you know, I'd love to do more sessions on you like that because some people will just come for one and then that's, it's actually not enough. Because each time the energy will take you deeper and deeper into the body and the discomfort that you talk about is that most of us don't, aren't comfortable being in our bodies and feeling that level of intimacy with our emotional and spiritual kind of energy body. Because that energy, I can say, at first um, feel and what I make sense of it before was it feels like a, a sexual energy. But then when you stop putting an emphasis, when I stopped like, I can seeing it as that, I was like, no, it's actually not. It's, it's more of the, it's a flow that goes through your entire body. But anyway, for myself, since there's just so much shame about feeling sexual feelings towards anyone, and I felt my whole life I've had to like cover it up and never felt really free to express it. And so it was all, it was all trapped, like, I guess like around down here and then for me now I'm, I'm just working on acknowledging it and not feeling bad about it not feeling guilt or shame even though such a long time I've been made the society like it makes you feel like bad like you feel like you're a predator or something or something that's wrong when it's the most natural thing so we, we, get, we get taught to cover up what's natural completely natural to us and then we get told off people get offended and then that just reinforces this belief system. And I know like a lot of young guys, such as myself and I know heaps of my friends and people that I speak to, like we all have troubles. Because there's there's no real space, there's no like real space where you can float in the middle. It's either like all in hyper or you can't feel anything at all. Yeah. I love your I love that you brought in that it feels sexual. I love that you brought in that, like, and I love actually everything that you just said then and the, the vulnerability and the exposure around that energy. And I guess because um, three years, oh, actually longer than three years, I keep saying three years, but years pass, um, I went down a tantric journey and discovered that sexual energy or life force energy or the energy that moves throughout our body is exactly 
the same. Mm. It's the one when you're four, and this actually happened to me when I was four, um, I roll, was rolling around on the grass and uh, someone said, get inside, what are you doing? You know, and I was rolling around on the grass mm. naked. Um, that's the energy that we are, we're talking about. Now, it can be accessed. You, you can utilise it in a sexual way and, and in that place you might want to let that energy lead you rather than your body leading you, but we're so used to not having um, an understanding around that. We're so used to going into sexual expression and experiences thinking, oh, I've got to do it, I've got to do it here. I'm the one who gets myself hard. I'm the one who, um, you know, thrusts. Mm. I'm the one. I, I guess what, you're ex- what, what I'm really trying to impart is also that underneath the energy moves by itself in its own pattern, in its own rhythm, yeah. as you've discovered. And if we put a lid on that, um, we feel really repressed mm. and really like we're not living our truest, yeah. truest nature. Um, yeah. Because I'm not sure how many different types of energies there are, but all of them... Apart from the sexual energy, we'll just call it. Mm. Yeah. There's no other terms. Yeah. I don't know for it. But every other energy is like encouraged. It's like if someone sees you like happy, everyone likes that. The guy that's like to confidence and all those things, the surface level things, that's celebrated and that's encouraged. But then there's this whole other like underground part yeah. that said, no, you can't be like this. Yes. You can't be free. And then if you do, you feel like in almost any situation, major judgment, even though it's completely normal. And because almost all guys are hiding this, then we look at other guys and like, oh, they don't seem to have that too because it's not something you really talk about. And like what the, what's talked about amongst, amongst guys like growing up is like how many chicks can you fuck? Or like you, people are talking about this stuff, but there's no real fulfillment in that. And it's just if you do it, you feel drained and you feel... There was no real connection. It was your mind taking control of the situation and being like, oh, this is cool. This is what should be happening. And for me anyway, there was no real flow to it. Yeah. And still I'm like struggling with that a lot. And I still do feel like it's as soon as you notice it start to flow, your body and your mind does everything to shut it down because yeah. it says, oh, I don't want to be embarrassed. Yes. And I feel that by like repressing that for so long, I was actually just repressing a lot of a lot of power that I could have within yes. to creation force to, to do things to really connect with people. Yes. So it, it cut me off from, especially um, females actually. With guys, it was a different connection, but it cut me off from actually having real friendships with girls because the only way I could see girls was sexually because I had so much of that energy there that was never allowed to be expressed. So I would look at girls as... Like it would, I would feel awkward around almost any girl I was with, I'd feel awkward. So physically, I wouldn't even touch them as a friend because it was like, well, I've got one girlfriend and everything's for that one girlfriend and I can't even be friends. I can't connect anything deeper than just words and surface level things with other females. So that cut off 50% of people that I could have very deep connections with. Yeah. And like these days, 
only recently am I actually starting to have more real friendships. And it's not friendships as in sexual friendships or relationships. It's like a deep connection, like an understanding and intertwining of energy, a deeper connection. And I've experienced that with you. I've experienced that with, with Dina. I've experienced that with life. Yeah, recently it's been more. And hmm, there's still a part of me that feels guilty about it, like I should hide it because I'm afraid, oh, who's going like, to tell me off next? But then when I'm by myself and thinking about it, I'm thinking, I'm not actually doing anything wrong. Like I'm just following, like I'm following what feels right within. Like the flow has taken me here. And I don't know why there's a part of me that still feels like I should be trying to hide, like having to sneak around. And I guess I want to get to the stage where I don't have to hide a single thing in my life. I can be like fully transparent and authentic in everything. That's an incredibly honourable mission or purpose or life intention. I think authenticity, I, that's what I hear. And um, I'm going to take it back to you talking. What I hear is the difference between sexual energy and emotions, which are very closely linked. Because when we're younger, it comes back to when we were children. Mm. And when a child gets angry, it's no different than when they're happy. But with the kind of society that we have, the mother is um, compromised or is in, in a harder situation if the child is angry about not getting a toy in the shop. So she then has to find a way to suppress the anger in the child. But that anger is built on the same foundation as life force, mm. what we're talking about, the sexual energy. So basically what go, we, we end up being as adults going around going, well, that, that life force is okay, that one's not. Mm. But they're built and based on the same thing. So we've got pockets of places where we're suppressing, opening, suppressing, opening. So mm. it's no wonder that we end up being more extreme in one area and not in the other. And then we also have patterns and programs believing that we're not lovable unless we're showing a happy face, mm. you know, adaptable. It's all from how we were raised as children. Mm. Yeah. And a lot of parents these days are now trying to change that and are trying to really receive in all of their children's experiences. Mm. But we've got a long way to go. And some of the other places where we've got a long way to go is that for some reason holding our emotions, just solidly labelling an emotion and saying, I feel this, and letting that drop in to our interactions feels more confronting to people um, than actually having an argument, mm. you know. What we might find and what I have found is the more we say, I feel deep shame right now, a really deep shame and we let it come into our body, we let another person witness it, we no longer have to repress that energy and you might find that you don't even have to go down the path then of experiencing, moving towards it, then being told off by it, then feeling guilty. Mm. But right now while we don't, 
Well, we're not honouring all the emotions, the whole range. And that's the, for me, what it's represented for me, the inner child is often the deeper, dark, feminine, yeah, emotionality and chaos and irrationality that threatens to uprise this cultural masculine society. Society. Yeah, this I was the most masculine like person. Like mm. always doing everything was always logical. I could never be still and I would never like acknowledge any emotions or feelings. And like when I did like in the past if I did start to feel my like, cry, I would like do anything to distract myself so I wouldn't or if it was in front of people I would tend to turn my back and like walk away so no one would see me. Mm. And that, that just built over and over time just constantly reinforcing because it's like you should be making money you should be getting ahead and this is like as a boy growing up and then it got, it got to a point in life where it's actually probably this year where I actually just reflected and I was like shit man when's the last time you actually felt any like emotions I got so good at covering it up that the body was like well there's no point really producing these emotions anymore so you can do do whatever you want without feeling any like deep sadness, any love, any anger. And it became just like a machine. I was able to succeed in the external world, like fine. But then like my internal world was like completely numb. And that, that's what sparked like this journey for me to go down and try anything. Just wanna, I want to feel the full experience of life, the full spectrum of everything. Like the deepest like darkness, but also like the light. And I want to experience, like, I want to be sensitive to everything. And I'm trying to like reverse like those layers that were all built up through practices, through connecting with people or just anything really. So I'm so open to trying like new things because I know that there's this feeling inside, this fire that's just been covered because it wasn't allowed to shine. And I can see that when I look at other people, I can see that they're wanting to express things like, there's a reason why we get drawn to passionate people. When someone's passionate, they have this fire, people are naturally just drawn towards them because they're reflecting that inner part of themselves that they've lost. Completely. And that inner part of ourselves is where we want to be um, pivoting from, you know, and then the right people will come to you. The closer you get to that, inner realm of experience it's been my it's been my understanding and my experience is the closer I get to holding myself in every single situation as though I'm like the most caring parent of the most sweetest vulnerable um lost little child one that's come up and said, excuse me, I've lost my parents. I'm, I'm in the middle of a shopping centre and I don't know how to, you know, how I'm going to get out of it. We've almost got to think of our emotions like that. We're so busy. We think what well, I feel, and this has been my experience, when someone gets upset or in, we, we're looking outwards for our approval, which again is the child. How can I make my parent happy? You know, when you're a child, you really don't have much choice but to do that because survival 
And it's not just survival. Like you've got to go where your parents say you go. It's not true that children have the easiest time. Mm. Children do not. They're following everything that the parents tell them unless you've got a very conscious parent. Mm. Um, but, to, yeah, to treat those emotions like, okay, well, if, you, if you're not able to understand that I feel this, I better start understanding it. Yeah. So if I'm with a partner and they don't understand it, I need to, first of all, they're probably reflecting my lack of empathy towards myself. So they actually can't feel what I can't feel. Mm. And I have to go in and I have to really, and, and this takes time. This takes stillness. It takes compassion for ourselves. No, and I, it's amazing. I, I'm in wonder at your journey and how you, and how you came to see that. Gee, I'm not even feeling anything anymore. I'm that excommunicated from my internal realm. Hmm? Hmm. It actually shows how connected you are, not how disconnected you are, because depression, anxiety, all the stuff we're seeing. That's what it's from, and it's from millennia of that. Mm. So the other day when I was telling you about my my journey where I found this place where it was, I call it like fine art, like flow. And I remember you telling me when we first met that that's, when you find it, that's the place where you like to, to hang out in, mm. like in between, in between it, like right in the, present moment yes. where like you're not even thinking about the future or the past and like you're free to do whatever you want because everything's new the past is gone the future's gone and there's nothing there's nothing holding you back so you, you discover thing it's like discovering something new for the first time and yeah in that moment I was thinking fuck like I get it now I get it now like you look at people and you can see if they're in it if they have it or if they don't and it's like the people that are in it are trying, like, are staying in it. But the moment they, their mind's like, fuck, this is good, I've got to stay in it, it, it gets pulled away. And those that are out of it are either seeking to get back into it and trying and striving there, or they had no idea it exists because their whole life they've just, they've just forgotten what it was like. And they're so used to having something to do or having this stress and then when I was thinking about that, I was lying on like the forest on the floor. I was like, shit, man, you do all these health practices. You're doing all this stuff. But like, what are you doing to actually enjoy yourself? Like spending time with yourself and like actually feeling like the moment in the body. It's always, it was always do this, get healthy, then do the next thing, do the next thing, do the next thing. And each, ticking those things off, like I did bring some form of like happiness but it was more of a, a dopamine hit. It's like yeah. I succeed in this, like tick, you feel good for a bit, yeah. then you go into the next one. But it wasn't like the dance of just going and drifting and flowing. Mm. Yeah, I hear how you couldn't stay in it because there was a, um, a propensity or a compulsion mm. to keep moving on to the next activity with it. And, yeah, sometimes, like, 
for me, it's actually a place in my body where I anchor myself. And I've said this before, it's it's more in the feminine sacred space. It's incredibly alive and it's a softening at the same time. So it allows for a vulnerability to come in and an awareness at the same time that I am me and and, and I'm me and present to what is arising between us. And, and that God flows between us, that that space that I hold inside of me is the foundation for yours and my interaction and that you have that substance in you. Yeah, like when I met you, I remember thinking, like you have this, you had this thing. It was, it was an energy and it was like a mysterious thing that I'd never really like felt before. And you said it was like a Kundalini awakening. Mm. And then, so you said you could feel like mine kind of rising and opening up. And at the time I, I didn't, I was lying there thinking, I don't like understand it yet. Yeah. But then as I saw you a bit more, then I was like, ah, that's, that's what it is. It starts like it's the uncomfortable feeling. And then if you let it, it will, it flows. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Sometimes I actually feel it like a, um, a hula hoop mm. that travels. It's all different. It has all different patterns actually, but sometimes it's like a hula hoop that travels up from the base of the body, around the torso, up mm. through the chest, around the shoulder. It's like a hula hoop, you know. Um, other times it's like shooting sparks of energy that come up from the coccyx bone to the mm. up through the spine but it's an aliveness that just cannot be matched mm. and it in terms of what's offered in the outside world that's how I found it and like for me it's, it is my happy place mm. how did you find it well I went on a tantric journey and um I guess I was having sexual experiences that did not feel fulfilling at all. And for a lot of women, they're too quick for a, for a woman to be able to relax into her body. So even if you're, even if you become adept at having sex in the way that society sells it, for me, I'm going to speak like, even when I became adept at being able to have sex in a way that society modelled Mm. was an enjoyable, a bit similar to you, right? You said that you were doing all the right things mm. but going, you know, is this it? Like I don't feel satisfied in this. This is weird. Like and the other thing I noticed was the more sexual and the more excited the the sex or the love mate, whatever, the more disconnected the couple could become as well. Mm. So I just thought something was really amiss and I think I was starting to feel rumblings in my in my body of different things, different understandings that I noticed that my partners weren't getting, they didn't feel as much. So um, I listened to this man called Barry Long and I really felt like it transmitted. And then one thing led to another and a tantric 
teacher of, of a kind came into my life and he could basically, uh, I, I'm not going to, he, he's, he's not around us, mm-hmm. you know, anymore in that sort of capacity, but he could basically move like a serpent. Mm-hmm. And he would sit across and he would move his body in such a way, and this was a, a strong, mm-hmm. structured man, mm-hmm. So he had, a, he had a real balance of masculine and feminine and he could move in such a way that when he moved his body as a serpent, my body would feel him entering my system and convulse basically. Mm. And three different things that I did with him as well, um, I really, I, um, I was reminded of what I, I was carrying mm. and once I had that, I didn't want to let it ever go, that memory of it. And I kind of made a, um, a passionate invocation, you know, kind of brought in a passionate invocation that if I could feel it, anyone would be able to feel it and that I would do my darndest as I live on this planet to help people to feel it or to remember because we've got a body. If we've got a body then mm. it's our birthright. Yeah. It's, it feels like a bit of a, like a sacred dark energy flow sometimes. Yeah. It's like something that's hidden, like mysterious, and like letting go to it, it feels like you're giving control to something else over your system, over your body. Yeah, I love that you would say that. And I think the masculine in particular would feel that way Mm. because it's going into that deep, dark, unknown place, the womb where the chaos, where where emotions erupt Mm. and we might not know how to keep ourselves safe. Yeah, I love that you would say that. And it feels a bit taboo, it feels secret, it feels like, what the hell do I do here? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and I feel that sometimes when I access it with myself as well. I feel so, so darkly, yeah, just. Mm. It's like a secret. Mm. Like, yeah. It felt like I was stumbling upon a secret that was there since the beginning of time that we all have. But it went away so like, and then I was like, whoa, this seems familiar, but also really eerie. And I walked away. Oh, this was in the forest a few days ago. And I walked away and, I'm, and then I just lay there on the ground, like closing my eyes. And these images of like octopus, then uh, like, a, like dark images. And then it was almost alien, creature-like. And then my body started moving in ways that didn't seem human. Like it wasn't in like a plane. It was more like twisting, turning, and especially my hips. So for myself, it was mainly, I could feel my hips, and then I was dancing to music that wasn't even there. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. And I went, I went back, and I was thinking, okay, so why would I dance when I'm by myself? But then if I, in front of other people, it becomes more difficult. Mm-hmm. And I could, I could see myself switching between the gears, being in flow, and then out of it almost like every few seconds I would come into it then come back out of it 
when I realized someone was watching, then I would start doing things that I thought were right. But then when I was like, okay, I, I acknowledge this, but I'm, it's more fun to do what the body wants to do regardless of how it looks. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was moving in ways that yeah. never moved before. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering even if that's, yeah, partly our connection as well, as well as what you experience in the forest, because that I move like that all the time. Mm. Um, I mean, you've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, we were dancing last Saturday. Yeah. yeah. And but also after the after the Wim Hof breathing, I do it. It's just mm. it's because what happens is it's involuntary. Mm. If you let that guide you, mm. um, it's almost like we've been trained, like you're saying, since the beginning of time, to hold ourselves so still that we're not allowed to feel it and not allowed to let it through because if we let it through all hell will break loose and that is some of that religion i'm wondering i'm speaking really um impromptu here like the religion the squashing down on the on yeah. the feminine it was all it became that the mass uh, i think masculine was associated with day feminine was night night's mm. more darker we could get attacked in the night yeah so um yeah, it makes me wonder where, and it's interesting what I wanted to talk to you because when I went and did the Tantra stuff, I remember going, oh, my God. There's such an um, ordinariness about it, mm. such a simplicity about it that it's that only a handful of people know it. Mm. I felt like I had really been given a massive gift, mm. being, being shown it. And after the experience, I thought, God, I never have to. I never have to have sex again the way I had it. Like I, it was the most fulfilling thing possible. Um, to allow love or life or God to move through the body because that's what it is without putting my agenda onto it. Yeah. Yeah, Tantra is something that I've been gravitated and pulled towards for years like it just came into my life randomly like four or five years ago and since then I, I, I attempted it a few times but then I think I was too young I was trying to do like retention and then try to breathe and use that like conjure the, the life force energy and then stop breathe and do that but I never really had much success with it so mm-hmm. I like, scrapped it then I would come back to it and try again and then I'm like ah oh, and getting frustrated and it was only like recently that I'm thinking okay maybe like I'm starting to understand it a bit more like this is it but I'm still I think like super at the beginning and it's all really like new to me and you want to be at the beginning you want to always be innocent about it and the thing about Tantra is that and Tantra I use the word really lightly because again Tantra really is just that energy in the body mm-hmm. that is life force that comes through us. That's that's it. And um, yeah, you want to be um, you want to sort of. I've lost my train of thought for a minute because <laughs> I was so into it. Um, yeah.
it's just it's a lot more doing now. It's it's become it's become exactly the same. Tantra has become the same as the outside world, and it's become very based on um, sexuality. Yeah. Because the true tantra is very innocent. It's almost like, and it's going to sound a bit strange saying it, but two children approaching each other. Let's say early teen, like when we're when we're teenagers and we know nothing. And unfortunately, what happened is we know stuff because we heard it from our dad. We saw something with our parents. Yeah. We've got something in the locker room. Mm. We, but if we didn't, we would reach out to each other in curious and inquisitive ways that were much more, um, much more gentle with each other, much more wondering. Mm about what the other means to us, yeah, in a sensual way. But we're filled with with sex before we're even... How do you reverse that? Because it's something that's it's in my mind because it's been programmed since basically like eight years old. Yeah, and, and that's the... I know, since you were really young, right? Yeah. Ah. Uh, you reverse it by, I guess, when you when you stroke a woman's hair, you put your presence into the fingertips of your fingers. Mm-hmm. You feel the strands of her hair like you've never felt strands of hair before. You approach the feminine and a woman as though they are existence itself. So unfortunately a lot of us have gotten really spiritual. Like I see a lot of people being spiritual, doing a lot of devotional practice, and this again was the religion. They have, there's reasons why this has been, not many people know this knowledge. Yeah. Because not many people know the true tantra. Um, but, yeah. So it's it's approaching, and so in spiritual devotion practices, meditation, everybody says, okay, you enter the now, you enter the now. Well, you use those practices to enter the now mm. when you're in, when you're love making or when you're soul gazing with some, when you're looking into their eyes, when you're holding their hand. You allow something else to come in. And this is the thing, I feel like spirituality um, has squashed intimacy because everyone's so busy scrambling to God, Mm. but God's in our bodies and God's meant to be expressed in our our lovemaking. Yeah.
sometimes I feel like, you know, when I feel a bit more frazzled. And that's the masculine way of intuitively sensing that, okay, it's alright now, it's safe, you know. You don't have to do as much. Um, that's how that's how love making with a woman has to be approached. I'm sorry for all the times you've had to assert yourself so much to be seen. That right there, I just felt one complete wave. Yeah. That's why I wasn't speaking. Yeah. Even though I try to speak, and then it takes me out of it. Yeah. But these days, I actually prefer to not talk sometimes a lot more. I used to find myself trying to fill silence or seeing where I can interject and say something. But that takes, it seems to take me out of the now. Because I'm thinking of what I should say, instead of just, just flowing. Sometimes I can speak and flow, mm. but it's much easier to just relax and, and listen. And I'm comforted by that, as um, I'm going to say, because I'm predominantly holding feminine energy. Because I love being in sensory experience. So what would you say are the best ways to consciously be able to tap into this? Because it's, it's when you find it and then you lose it, sometimes you don't know how, how to find your way back. What are some ways that you would recommend or have worked for you? that I definitely go into my body into that space which is sort of like the doorway to the womb because um, that's where you kind of want to be that's what's so special about being inside a woman is that she carries the doorway to existence and into her like a temple 
my guy's name is really doing things that slow us right down. You know, and aren't full of trying, aren't full of performance, aren't full of getting somewhere or wanting stuff from people. justification without attack or blame or projection just I feel this moving our body a lot particularly for me it's been moving my body a lot to clear out emotion and then going back to stillness soften and break in every moment, break open, break open to the grief or the shame. To the sadness or the celebration. You know what's been happening recently? I get a glimpse of an emotion coming through And then right when I acknowledge it's something, it's almost like it stops. So I feel myself crying. And then, like, oh, I haven't cried for a long time. I want to cry more. And then when I think I want to cry more, it stops. Yeah. So, like, bow to those tears. Bow to those tears. Love those tears that did come and love the stopping and trust that there's no more. So, one last question, Esther. What you have inside you, how do you pass it on to people? <laughs> Not, <laughs> I never. I don't know what I'm going to say before I say it, and I don't know what you're going to ask me. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Of course I don't. Um, it seems to just flow out it comes in words sometimes it comes in touch and certainly in my sessions I can help people um, 
it's been it's 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 uh, it comes through every single available faculty that I have in my body mm. to share. Does the person um, have to actively let go to receive it in? If in your sessions. It's, it's, it's great if they can. Yeah, I have noticed that the more open they are to the co-created space that's, that's being um, felt through both of us. Yeah. And when resistance comes up, finding ways to, to um, soften that resistance. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Was there anything else that you want to say before we end this uh, podcast? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I've really, yeah, it's been great. All right, thank you, Esther. Thanks, Toby.